Thanks for tuning in to the Undercut's final episode of the 2023 Formula One season. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. All right, guys. So the 2023 season has come to a close. Um, Lots of Red Bull winning. Would they win 21 out of 22 races on the season? So, yeah, that was a lot of the year. So, <laughs> and there were supposed um, to be 23 races at season as well. That's right. But that's we didn't right. have an Emilia Romagna Grand Prix due to weather yeah. and well flooding really in the, in the region. So they called it called that one off. So yeah. still 22 races was a uh, a good amount a of lot. races. Maybe too many. I don't know. I love ra- more races than Maria, but 22 seems quite a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were saying, Nick, before you joined on, before we started, that it's even hard to remember all the details from what happened in the beginning races because they were so long ago. Just so many races this season. But, um, all right, let's jump into talking about the team. So, rounding up the rear was Haas. Um, they were not, I mean, going into the season, it was really AlphaTauri that looked like the worst team, but Haas really struggled with race pace, especially towards the end of the season. And Kevin Magnuson just couldn't really get his qualifying figured out, which, you know, with that, with, with the awful deg, they weren't really able to improve much during the races. But yeah, pretty disappointing season all the way around for Haas. Yeah, you just, I mean, it really is down to the deg. I think, you know, that was really, really putting them to the point where they couldn't actually race. Um, I think the car was pretty fast because you look at them in qualifying, particularly, like you said, in Nico Hulkenburn's hands. And they they put in some solid performances, but they just can't keep keep the tires working and they just go backwards in the race. Really unfortunate. If they can get it, if they can get to switch the tires on and keep them on and not, uh, and not destroy them, they could be in a decent car. They did have a good start to the season. I think they got points in four of the first five races. Yeah, and I think in Australia, wasn't Hulkenberg in like fourth at one point? And then they did that count back thing on the on the last lap because of when this how many restarts and safety cars did they have? But hmm. I'm, I'm sure he was a fourth at one point. Yeah, so early on, but yeah, they just couldn't keep that performance up as as the season went on and other people improved their car. They just couldn't do anything and ended up, yeah, rock bottom. Rock bottom. But um, Gunter's still a winner in our hearts, though, right? We all still love <laughs> Gunter, no matter what. We love Gunter. <laughs> yeah. And we have the show to look forward to, the sitcom, the Gunter sitcom. So, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know if that's true. Have we put a release date out for that? I, no, it must be true, because actually, after we were talking about it last week, it's um, definitely true. I was. Yeah, I was listening to uh, one of the F1 podcasts, the BBC or F1 Nation or, or one of those, and they were talking about it. So it must right. be happening. It must be happening. I just uh, don't know when it is. <laughs> Eventually. Well, I think uh, Hulkenberg's, the amount of pole positions he took over Magnuson and just the difference that he created being back after a pretty long break and Magnuson being on that team for so many years, I think he put a big statement out there. I'm surprised 
I mean, it was talked about at the early part of the season, but it kind of fell off that that whole conversation. But I, I think he drove the crap out of that car this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he really showed what a class driver he is. And, you know, it's still, I mean, he's not going to, well, he's unlikely to get a podium in a Haas. But, you know, the most successful driver ever, I think, certainly from a race, race's race perspective, to never stand on a podium. And he's had a few sniffs at it, but... He's really shown his class this year. He's a good driver and incredibly handsome. <laughs> Nick, you've got the biggest crush on Hulkenberg. <laughs> well, it's, it's my wife. She talks about him all the time. There's no, it there's no doubt that the, the Formula One fan base would lose its mind if he, if he managed to get a podium next year. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially it in Haas. Yeah, it doesn't look yeah. that likely right now, but hey. You never know. Could be a, could do like an alpha, uh, like a Aston Martin type start to the season next year. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. right now dead last. Yeah, unfortunately, pretty awful. Deservedly. Yeah, and like we said, Holgenberg got nine out of their twelve points, so um, he really drove the team. Not that it did much good, but I mean, they weren't that far off from Alfa Romeo. Only four points away, sixteen points. Alfa Romeo. Um, I mean, Botas had some, I guess, okay moments. Joe looked pretty awful all year. I would say pretty yeah. disappointing from how he started last season and the expectations coming into this season. But they are kind of in limbo there with you know the team having a future that's not starting now, and they had like interim bosses there, and it was just very weird. But you didn't really hear much from them all season. They weren't really shown much and just, you didn't yeah, see they seemed to just fly under the radar week after week. And you never just, like you said, never heard much coming out of there. Um, it was disappointing to see Joe take that step back after you kind of felt like he was ready to take the team over and be the future for them. But um, yeah, I mean, it didn't happen, right? Just kind of settled into behind Botas again, which not that Botas is bad, but you would think that you'd want to see more out of Joe for the rest of this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Bottas himself, he had some bright spots in the year, but I think it's been a pretty underwhelming year for him. I, you know, like I say, the, the car, the team, they're in a bit of limbo. I think could have done better kind of sums up their season really. Or showed like just one or two flashes. <laughs> it was like just such a boring year for them. Other than Botas's calendar, <laughs> that probably got that probably got more press than than they did all yeah. season. His, his mullet and stash got more press. <laughs> yeah, he did like a, a nude calendar this year. So Apparently all from behind, all from behind. Yes, <laughs> yes. Him in like pools in Australia, very strange. But yeah, we didn't hear much from them all season. So next up the list was, like we said, AlphaTauri. They started off like the the worst team on the grid. Um, Yuki was looking like he was the, the bright star early on, especially. I think he got like either 10th or 11th place in the first five races of the season. He was in it. Yeah, he, he had a run of 11th places, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. no points to show for it, but um, Nick DeVries didn't really set the world on fire uh, after what was a promising race in Monza for Williams that got him the drive in the first place. It just yeah. never really, it never really came off for him. And I think, you know, uh, particularly on in the season, it was like, well, is the car any good? And, or is it Yuki outperforming the car? 
or is the car, you know, or is it Nick DeVries who's kind of pulling them back? And I, I don't know. I didn't really know how to take them. Obviously, got better towards the season. Driver changes. Some rumors of some Red Bull whispering in the aero department, but um, I don't think anyone could prove anything. It was just rumors in the end. They did manage to come up, and we were glad to see Danny Rick come back, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I felt bad for DeVries. I really had high hopes for him. I think he deserved the, the opportunity to race after coming in, like you said, to the Williams and scoring them points immediately two years ago. Uh, I had high hopes for him, actually, being better than than Yuki, I thought. But, uh, yeah, just couldn't, week in, week out, he, he couldn't get it done for whatever whatever reason that is. And he's not, not a young guy, unfortunately, for him. It took him a long time to get his first chance. I think he's in his late 20s, which is quite old for a Formula 1 driver these days. Yeah. Not an established yeah, one anyway. He was the guy who, all through karting, was like a year or so ahead of... Charles and those guys yeah. and, and Al- Albon and Verstappen and Lando, yeah. but he was the big guy in karting. He was the man. Yeah, he was yeah, the one that everyone I, expected it to happen for, and then he did get his chance, and didn't, you know, didn't work out. Didn't I work think, out. Unfortunately, I think yeah, that's probably the last we'll see of him. It seems yeah, in an F one car, but uh, Yuki yeah. loved them because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he made him look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally. The the F one media really was soaking it up. They they were big fans of Yuki, think, saying he was overdriving the car. I was not as big of a fan, and uh, I think that kind of proved out. But then Yuki did finish the year, yeah, pretty decently. I would say well. so. Yeah, yeah, I'll give him credit. Because well, once he once he had Ricardo come in, and he really had to focus real hard. And obviously, with Liam Lawson having four races, was it in the, yes. in the middle of, three four races yeah, in the middle yeah. of the season? You know, coming in as a fresh rookie, like, and impressing straight away, Yuki realized it was, you know, he was probably going to be out of a seat next year if he didn't really start performing at the end of the year. And they really, that's where they picked up the majority of their points. I think they ended up with, what, 20-something points at the end of the season. But yeah. I think at one point they had more drivers than they had points. They had four drivers <laughs> and they yeah. had three points or something like that. <laughs> so, I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, enough to get them third. And, that, and that's it for Alpha Tauri, right? They're going to be the same drivers, but new, new well, team lead, I think. We'll see. Franz Tost is leaving. Or has left, yeah, um, and they'll and they'll be racing under a new name, whatever that is. Uh, some play on bulls or racing or racing bulls or something like that. <laughs> Who knows what it will be? But unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you don't like that, Jason? It sounds awful. And I mean, at this point, why change it? And if you're going to change it, just go back to Toro Rosso, right? I mean, right. That was right. pretty cool. Um. And I'm not totally convinced if that's going to necessarily be the lineup come the season. Let's see how everyone does during testing. And oh. I don't know. After the whole Albon Pierre thing going on, I don't. I don't know what they're doing until it's on the track. They could change the whole lineup up. We'll see. Alvatari's been a pretty big name though that has brought dr- young drivers up through the years. You know, if yeah. you think about all the t- guys that are driving on top teams right now, there's quite a few from Alvatari. So, oh yeah, it's surprising to see what happened this year and what's been happening kind of just the i don't know the culture or whatever you want to call it of of that team is is not what it kind of was 
or it's just yeah. pulling off all the brutalness. <laughs> it, it's a pretty brutal team, a pr- brutal setup. And, yeah. You know, they, they, they're just looking for the Max Verstappen or the Sebastian Vettel, and that's all they're looking for. And then while, as long as they have that driver, then they don't really care about the rest. They're just kind of just auditioning to see what yeah. they've got. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. Moving on to Williams was able to move up to seventh place. I mean, they potentially had the worst car on the grid, but Albon just drove the shit out of the car all year. I mean, he got they got 28 points all together. He scored 27 of their 28 points. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's probably one of the – I mean, Nick, I know you love him. He's one of the best drivers Huge on fan. the grid. And yeah. I mean, I think he proved that this year, driving that car, getting that many points. Yeah, really and it's impressive. the in particular on the fast tracks because the Williams has always been a slippery car, right? And I think one thing that really sort of emphasized to me how how far they still have to go was I think in Monaco, right? Was it when Perez stuffed it into the wall and they they winched it up, and you could see all underneath and all of the Venturi tunnels and stuff. And then I think that same weekend, Sergeant had stacked it and they lifted his up and it was just like a plank of wood. It was like Lego, <laughs> Lego bricks or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, you could really tell the difference. But you could see that it's like from an air, like over the top of the car, the arrow, you know, not a whole lot of drag. So they're getting a lot out of the, um, a lot out of the Mercedes power unit, but they just cut, don't have the downforce yeah. or they, or when it's going under the car, it's too unpredictable. Cause this, this generation of cars with the, with the downforce, you know, being driven from underneath the floor, the ground effect, it's very, very different from any other formula now. So, you know, it's, you know, I think it's like understeering on the way in and oversteering on the way out of corners. And so they don't have very much confidence in it and, you know, they don't go very fast as a result. Yeah. I mean, Williams were the, the best of the very worst, right, up here coming ahead. They weren't even close to uh, Alpine ahead of them. Yeah. But they were basically a one-man show with Albon. You know, Sargent offered little to nothing. He just – hopefully he, he learned a lot because he's going to be back in the car again next year. He, he cost them a lot of money. I don't know if he cost them the most amount of money. There was a statistic he did. that he spent $3 million. I think, was it 3.4 or 4.3? Yeah. Uh, they pay him a million dollars and he's cost them <laughs> four times that. You know? So, you know, hopefully he improves just to help out Albon. But yeah, Albon is the real deal. But somehow everybody sees that Albon, his personality and the Williams performance seem to fit. Like, yeah, he's he's... he's Everybody loves him. He's definitely matured a lot. Yeah. You know, he was a little out of his depth going up against um, Max at, at, at Red Bull. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he wasn't really ready to be in that position. So it's kind of unfortunate he was thrust in there like after half yeah. a season because he's a really good driver. But having that year off and then now really truly being the team leader at Williams... He's doing a really, wonder, really great job. I wonder if he looks back on his time at, at Red Bull because he should have got a race win. I think Hamilton took him out. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah in Brazil. He should have won a race. Yeah, and then got taken out in Austria the following year when he was in a really good spot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then he got taken out the team for like not performing, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, that, I mean that Red Bull. I feel is the one that looks back on that moment, not as much as Albon. I mean, right. or as more than Albon. You know, think about what they must be thinking if they kept Albon versus Perez or, you know, anybody else after that. Or was it just Perez after that? They just went straight to Perez, yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, after the 21 season. He could have done, I think, after the 20 season. Tremendous this year. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they're happy to have a number, a true number two versus bothering Max. Yeah, I did did read a thing this week and I'd I'd heard it about it before about how, um, Max has a very different driving style, how he's like super on the nose. So he's like very, very twitchy on the front of the car. And, you know, which is very different from how anyone else really drives it. And the more they move the car to Max, because he gets the most performance out of it, the less confident the other driver gets in it. And it becomes this like, you know, ever decreasing yeah. spiral and uh so i think the one thing he likened it to which i'm sure martin can relate was it's like when you've got a mouse on your screen and the cursor <laughs> oh yeah yeah he like yeah. turns sensitivity all the way up and yeah you can use it but you're flying around all over the screen that's that was the analogy <laughs> he used and i thought yeah i can relate to that yeah. <laughs> max can control it though max knows what yeah. to do yeah. Well, it wouldn't have mattered too much if Logan would have done anything at all, because even if he equaled Albon's points, they would have still been True. way off getting Alpine for the uh, championship. But Albon earned his keep. I mean, he literally qualified seventh or won the constructors for them, because even without Logan's one point, they still take P7 over AlphaTauri. So what a year. I mean, yeah. congratulations yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah. And Sergeant, yeah, he only got one point. But it was in Vegas. It was in the U.S. <laughs> home territory, home turf. Yeah. Third time was the charm. He was able to get his point at a home race. Yeah, he had three home race. Yeah, he's one of the had few three bites with, of that cherry, didn't he? <laughs> one of the few drivers with three home races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is frustrating that Logan has a seat. I mean, I gotta say it. It's frustrating that he's going to come back to Formula One. I'll root for him. I hope he does well, but. It is frustrating that other drivers are not getting that seat and that opportunity because he had a horrible year from start to finish, race after race. (laughs) I think the only thing you could say about him was he didn't stack it as much as and affect races as much as Latifi did. Latifi, (laughs) when he stacked it, managed to like not just screw up his own race but others too. You know, that's the bar. Latifi is the bar. Yeah, Latifi's the low bar. I think he, I think he managed to beat Latifi's cross the Latifi's bar. So, uh, we'll give him that. Yeah, some, some silver lining to go with Mark's with Mark's sugar coating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, like we said, it was a pretty big jump up to Alpine, um, but they were kind of on their own. They were pretty far away from Aston Martin ahead of them. They were just. And they had of, to be disappointed. They had yeah, to be disappointed. They were like the season. They were the the team that always picked up the points when the five teams ahead had some issue, and they were always finishing like seventh through tenth. I think each of them got a podium. Like uh, Ocon got the great podium in Monaco, and yeah. Pierre got one in we, we, Canada, maybe. Yeah, but Pierre could have had that one in 
in Monaco as well, right? Didn't they have they had issues or did they they messed up they the pit have, stop yeah. or something like that? Uh, well, that was their story all year. It was issues. They you know they were like yeah. the poor man's Ferrari when it came to just bad decisions, bad luck, bad things happening constantly to just take their season down. Uh, yeah, look know. at Australia. You know they took each yeah. other out. Yeah, like you know. Well, I, there was what three laps. You know, the, uh, yeah. a restart on the and restart. then three laps to go. So you want to make a sprint race interesting, make it three laps long you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and give four points for it. So. <laughs> but yeah, they picked up the points, um, but really we didn't see much from them all that much yeah. either, other than the few races where they were up near the front. So. Yeah, they had a lot of upheaval earlier in the season as well with Otmar and um, That's Alan right. Pemain, their other guy who got let go. Um poor start to the season and they didn't want to see it through with them yeah. so they uh, they made some changes Otmar was at the that. last race he was at the last race because I was watching Ted's notebook after the very last race and they're like breaking everything down and Otmar just walks by and Ted starts interviewing him asking about the season I was like that's kind of weird and it just said like X Aston Martin and <laughs> Alpine boss as his <laughs> handle on the bottom it was very strange. <laughs> he's still going, so that's cool. Um, and then moving up to number five, Aston Martin. I mean, I guess you could say coming into the season, they'd probably be pretty happy with fifth place, but with how it started, I don't know. Are they just dis- disappointed with P5? They gotta be, really. Gotta be. I mean, Bahrain. Wow. You know, Alonso... And uh, I mean, even Lance with his broken wrists made it back for the start of that. Um, but Bahrain, I, I just remember Alonso and Hamilton, how he kind of sized him up through like turns like five through eight or whatever, and then just stuffed it in a stuffed it up inside in a in a place you never really see overtaking. The car was that much quicker, um, and then again, science as well. That was a great race. I'm a huge Alonso fan, obviously. Yeah. Um, it was great to see him back up at the sharp end. That was absolutely the, the shock of this, 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 the beginning of the season, right? That they were as competitive as they were. Could they, could they challenge the Red Bulls? Um, you know, and I, I admit, I was kind of, I thought Alonso maybe was a bit too long in the tooth. You know, maybe he's lost a step or something, and you have to like, you have to swallow your. If you thought that, you had to swallow your words for sure. Uh, he was a, a, a massive character on the on the grid this year, and you know shows that he still still deserves a spot in in F one. It's just yeah. a shame that their yeah that their development, whatever development they did throughout the season, just couldn't keep pace. Everybody else caught them and eventually passed them. Um, it's a bit like uh, did you guys watch the the Braun F one uh, documentary that just came out? Yeah, that was so good. Similar similar thing right they start the season they had the fastest car they banked all these wins early on jensen button banked all these wins early on and then they just hung on for grim life and managed to win the spoiler alert managed to win the title (laughs) Uh, that was a long time ago now but um aston martin unfortunately didn't quite work out for them this year and as in holding on to their you know second third or fourth position in the championship but um that certainly wasn't down to Alonso. I, I think Stroll has to help carry some of the 
Son. the blame there. He just didn't couldn't match his teammate, could he? Yeah, and I, I don't know what the would it. Uh, how many points Stroll got versus... Obviously, I know how many Fernando got because he was right up there in the driver's standings right yeah. at the end with uh, you know, almost... You know, he was right up there with, with Lewis and Carlos and, and uh, Lando, right? He got triple, almost triple Stroll's points. Yeah, Stroll got yeah, 74. So, okay, so if Stroll had even got like 105, you know, just done a little bit more... That could oh, have yeah. been the difference, right? Yeah, yeah. Would have got them ahead of uh, McLaren, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Formula One is, it's about progression. You know, the whole year is a race of just development and progression and getting faster. So I'm sure now that the season's over, they might be able to look back and find the positives. Obviously, you know, there are a lot of positives from them to take, but either way, the feeling throughout the year for them must have just been horrible. You know, yeah, to just keep yeah. going backwards from where you started. You know, Alonso on the podium, race one, even Stroll looking pretty powerful in the early part of the season. Um, so, yeah, you know, gut punch, obviously. But I think, you know, now that things are over, they, they go in with next with uh, confidence into next season because they've done it once. They've, you know, they've developed the crap out of the car in the off season, And why can't they do it again? Yeah, I think they their development in-season development went down the wrong direction at one point and they had to kind of back it out and figure it out and you know they only had up until right at the until brazil i think they only had just what one podium since the summer break and that was in zandvoort um uh which was all crazy because of the rain at the start but the thing with um the budget cap now it used to be that the big teams would just press their advantage through the season Right, they had more money than everyone else, and they could keep developing when other when other guys had to stop. So hopefully, I mean, I guess this is the intent of the budget cap. It it means that there's just a, that prescribed amount of money that they can spend. They can only do as much development as each other, and hopefully, it'll tighten things up. Together with you know, the higher up you finish, the less wind tunnel time you have. Trying to just kind of tip the scale slightly, you know, sort of like NFL draft if you finish. You know, last in the league, you get the first pick of the new talent. Just try and even the playing field out just a little bit. So hopefully it'll come good. Obviously, the big teams will always get the better drivers. But, you know, I hope that teams can develop throughout and things can stay competitive because it just felt like Red Bull pulled away all season from pretty much everyone else. And I think in particular, that was very acute when you looked at them against Aston Martin. Well, that regulation change, I forget what week it was or what race, but they made some type of regulation change. What was it? To the front wing, some type of arrow thing, I think. And I don't know if that has, you know, we never, we see end plates get ripped off of front wings and guys just keep lapping at the same pace. So it's always like, you know, does it really matter? But it did seem to have an impact on Aston, you know, after that is when things kind of fell apart. It was only a few races later, I think Crack was saying that he, admitted to going in the wrong direction on the development so yeah i mean it seems like it was really down to them yeah was was that wing you know if they were the ones that suffered the most as a result of that change was it the team seeing something on their car that they were like that they challenged i didn't really follow it too much at the time right um that kind of pegged them back yeah but i mean all things considered alonzo had a fantastic season like we said he had what eight total podiums all year which is yeah. he hadn't had one in quite a while coming into the season so 
yeah. Um, and they've moved into their new facility as well. That opens right. during the season. So everyone's all together now. They've they've got a new wind tunnel coming online there as well, which should give them a bit more, you know, obviously with better infrastructure, you can achieve stronger results. So, yeah. you know, let's see how they, how they go in the off season, see if they can have another step forward. Yeah. Be exciting to see and, if they can. Yeah, absolutely. And then the team with pretty much the opposite of what Aston Martin had McLaren, who started off the season just atrociously. Um, I mean, they yeah. couldn't even get out of Q1 in the first two or three races. Um, everyone was super dejected, but they kept fighting and kept bringing really successful upgrades. And, you know, towards the end of the season, they were competing for, you know, they didn't pan out, but potential race wins. Oscar was able to get a race, race win at the sprint race in Qatar. So, um, you know, they've done this before a few times, right? Where they've started poorly and have been able to get it right by the end of the season. An amazing turnaround by them. I guess a lot of credit to everybody at McLaren, right? It's a team team effort, but Zach Brown and others, like it must have been a lot of stress on all of them at the beginning of the season, how bad they were. You know, yeah, people talking they, about Lando leaving, going to get a better drive somewhere else. But Yeah, yeah. at the launch, they, they came out and said, we're not going to be very good at the start of the season. They realized they'd done something wrong and they had to backtrack and basically start, you know, not from scratch again but they they realized quite late in the development process that that they you know they'd taken a wrong turn so good on them for recognizing that they had made the mistake i think there's another team that finished slightly further up the grid that kind of stuck to their guns a little bit longer than they really should have and but they saw the mistake they acknowledged it they said we're not going to be very good but come austria things turned and then in silverstone Lando took the lead off the off the start, you know. Yeah, big, you know, really impressive. They did what like every Formula One fan has been waiting for forever, right? Like no team ever just comes in with a package and just pops a second or whatever they did in that one race. And I mean, it was exciting, you know. Like I don't, whether you're a fan or not of McLaren, like that was so exciting to see what they did all of a sudden just come in and start challenging Red Bull. You know, they had a few uh, races where they wavered, but just so cool, so cool. Yeah, but and, but I think that they, when they did get, you know, they did see that improvement. It, it almost freaked the guys out on the pit wall a little bit, and they started making mistakes in strategy. Like you look at um, Zanvoort, for example. They they waited too long. They kept him out there, and they, you know, Lando just fell back when if they had just pitted him. A lap too late he'd have probably been on you know still up there at the front but you know hopefully they'll I'm looking at jason now they'll not turn into you know the kind of thing that you know ferrari have been doing um although you know we're not off to ferrari yet but they've they've done better under under fred but um what a great year from mclaren that they're the team that must have made aston you know probably feel the worst about the year because I think Aston yeah. probably was like, you know what, we'll at least get P4, and that's amazing. And then boom, comes McLaren, and yeah. you know that probably really you know soured the year for Aston, and and made it amazing for McLaren because McLaren also realized they're probably not going to catch the top three, but maybe we can get Aston. So 
it was a pretty exciting battle in a rather unexciting way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it really came down to the second drivers when you really look at it, because yeah. I mean, Alonzo was a little bit ahead, uh, what one point ahead of Lando Oscar outscored Lance by over 20 points. And that was, you know, the difference between the two of them. So, yeah. Yeah. And we know, you know that we, you know, we, we talk about Lando, there. but, but Oscar had a good rookie season, a really yeah. good rookie season. He had some really, you know, good, strong, strong races. I don't know. I was a little bit turned off him as a, as a, person or as a driver i guess after the way things went down with alpine last year because it did feel a little bit a little bit crappy maybe it's just because i'm an otmar sympathizer but i think he, he they got done dirty but you can see why mclaren when they sensed that um there was an opportunity to go get him and they just they went for him like hard and got him you can see why they did that but we were, I was quick to judge at the very beginning of the season with how bad Mac- McLaren was. Like, oh, Oscar, bet you wish you were at Alpine now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a, what a screw up. You know, you, you messed up. Once again, I'm, eat, I'm eating your <laughs> words. Early, uh, early and quick overreaction by me again. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it worked out well. And, and I wonder how Lando feels. I think Lando, everybody knows still, he's probably the better driver in that team. But you know, when he was driving with Danny Rick, Danny Rick got the win, right? In, uh, yeah. in Italy. Monza, and, and, and then Piastri gets the sprint win and second in the in the main race ahead of Lando. Lando still has still tracing that uh, elusive victory. Yeah. Maybe next year. Hopefully he realizes, I mean, he must. It is clear Lando is the better driver. Yes. Um, you know, not by a ton. It's not like Oscar's horrible. Oscar's very good and consistent and has a good future. But Lando, I think, has impressed everybody this year, regardless if he got a win or not. He's just put down some fast races, you know, every week. He's been out there killing it. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a top five couple. guy. Yeah. He's a top five guy. Yeah, I mean, if a seat were to open up at, you know, Mercedes or Red Bull or Ferrari, I'm sure Albon and Lando are probably the two guys that they would be going after the most, I would think. What about the Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah in one year's time, in one year's time, this is going to be a much more interesting discussion about who's going to be driving where, because I think pretty yeah. much everybody's contract is up at the end of next year. Like, yeah. yeah. And we and we start next year the same same people in the same cars as we Pretty finished much. this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and I think I picked McLaren as when we did the preseason review. I think I picked them for like seventh place after the preseason really? testing. So all right. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how it ended up. It was pretty good. And then we move on to Ferrari. Um, the, the the emotional first place team, as we can all agree, right? We are in our hearts. They came yeah. first, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Mark? They're <laughs> <laughs> <Or> big hearts. <laughs> they were oh, well, not I mean, able well, to get P two. No, that was um, gutting. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, you know, I'll let you guys talk about. Ferrari. I mean, the end of the season with the the pothole in in Vegas, ripping out the back of Carlos's car, just ruined his weekend. <laughs> Yeah. took away the points that as they came down to that battle. I mean, it's crazy 
over 20 plus races that McLaren, uh, Miss, uh, sorry, uh, Mercedes and Ferrari only separated by three points over the entire yeah. season is. And you crazy. look at you look at Carlos, and he he had he got done dirty twice. Obviously, right. we, Vegas is fresh in our minds, where yes. it's like, come on, guys, the track destroyed the car. <laughs> the track and attacked you, the car, <laughs> and, and you're giving him a penalty. But then also he, he, he in Australia, where he got the five second penalty on that rest, from the restart yeah. when there was three laps left, and he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So he, yeah, obviously lost quite a few points from that. Maybe that was the difference. I don't know exactly what it would have come down to, but you know, but, Carlos has he, he's had some ups and downs this season. So I think they were the downs, and I'll leave the ups. Well, the ups were the to high, you, Ferrari. The gents. highlight, right, Mark was was Singapore, right? I, mean, I think that's the highlight of the entire season for I mean, pretty much everyone except everybody. Max Verstappen fans. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Max didn't see didn't see what we saw, but the end of that race with uh, fantastic science backing Lando up to give him DRS to try and keep him ahead of a a charging Russell and Hamilton. Hamilton was trying to overtake Russell; they wouldn't let him do it. Russell was pushing to overtake Lando. Lando was getting DRS from sides, then Lando clips the barrier, and then Russell inexcusably follows Lando into the barrier <laughs> and just drives it right into the wall and takes it and hands third place to, to Hamilton. Unbelievable. That I was mean, a great Well, the, the second half of that race was really good. Obviously, the first yeah. half was just sort of Singapore being right. Singapore. But then, you know, you get a, a safety car towards the end and it makes it super interesting. Unbelievable. What, was, what a season we could have had if Verstappen, if that was Verstappen's race every, every week. <laughs> it was, you know, four, five, six different guys that had a shot to, to win yeah, the race. Yeah, just but, take, Verstappen, take Verstappen out of the equation and it's anyone's, yeah. right? Anyways, yeah. Getting, yeah, even Perez. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, I mean, Carlos, Carlos will be dining out. He'll be the answer to a few trivia questions for a long time. You know, name the only yeah. the Formula One winner that wasn't Max Verstappen in 2023. I mean, that has to be Carlos's career moment, right? Sure. Biggest yeah. moment of his career by far. Uh, you know, not even taking consideration that he ruined Max's, uh, you know, or Red Bull's perfect run. Yeah. But uh, Ferrari, you know, it's uh, it's fun and difficult to be a fan. They certainly get in their own way quite a bit, and then you know, other things happen, and it's the whole luck comes to the prepared feeling when the pothole situations happen or, you know, these other things that you focus on. But if they would have done their job and cleanly operated like some of the, you know, like Mercedes, Mercedes, you feel like even when they're messing up, it feels like they're doing it right. Um, and with Ferrari, it just feels like stumbling and, and these moments that are kind of like, how are you Ferrari? Um, so they just got to do some house cleaning and get, you know, the, the Vassour, era i think everybody thought it was going to be different you know like <laughs> well, not not necessarily to, winning know. but different and and feeling more operational and you know just cleanly run so i think it's uh, been it's been better it's, it's it hasn't been as keystone cops as last year where they just made some horrific blunders in right. in you know last season 
they haven't had they've not kept their noses clean all season but they've it, it's been better it's you know yeah. it it, it, it the, takes time the last time they had but the, the last time they had a frenchman you know at the helm you know jean todd <laughs> and ross braun at his side and you know schumacher at the wheel the results were very 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 different <laughs> than I definitely do not want them to get rid of, of Fred. I, I, I can't I like stand Fred. when they change, you know, team owner or team managers couple, every couple of years. Like, give him time to build that team and to have his impact. You know, obviously, a lot of things happening this year are just left over from, you know, past years. So, yeah. um, I, I'm definitely happy to keep him. I hope next year is just another step forward. And, you know, again, if they would have had a little bit more of a clean season, it would have been a P2 without question. So yeah, it's funny on on the team bosses because I I watched the end of I've realized like last week that I hadn't seen the last episode of the last season of Drive to Survive, wow. so I started watching it and I fell asleep and I woke up like halfway through <laughs> the first episode of the first season because it went right back to the beginning, <laughs> and it was like they would go through the team bosses. I was like, what? I'd totally forgotten about Arriva Bene. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Oh yeah, there was that guy. It's like they, <laughs> how many bosses have they had? You know, exactly. Benito, so Benny, Dominicali, and you know, since John Tot, there's been quite a few. They've been there like two years or three years at a time. But uh, hopefully, Fred sticks around for a little bit. And very good teammate battle throughout the year. They they each had waves. It seemed yeah. like Charles was you know dominantly putting his foot down at the beginning of the season and then Carlos fights back as he's learning the car like he typically does uh and then Charles seemingly fighting back and Carlos stumbling at the end of the year or whatever you want to call it but it was pretty cool to see them battling it out and I'm very happy with that driver pairing I think they they rock yeah yeah, yeah. you look at there are some strong driver pairings and some not so strong driver pairings and this is one of the strong ones definitely yeah I mean, science made certainly made steps forward this year based on the the, the year before. Like, yeah. Leclerc was out out there on his own fighting both Red Bulls in twenty twenty two, but they were they were definitely uh, more of a pairing. Yeah, he's definitely reestablished this himself this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they just need to figure out the tire deg situation because they're qualifying well. So got better. You yeah, know, I, not phenomenal, but got a lot better over the year. You know, that was like their complete Achilles heel at the beginning of the year. And yeah. there was, I forget, what was the race at the end of this year that we all kind of talked about how we, Vegas. it seemed like, was it, yeah, Vegas, right. it was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Charles is probably the quickest guy. You Like qualifying, you know, Charles in an inferior car to the Red Bull can stick it on pole next to Max. I think he's super, super quick. If they can just keep the tires on the thing, much like we were talking about Haas, obviously a very different car to the Haas, but if they can just keep the tires in the window next year, they're going to do really well. And then, like we said, because of, you know, the few problems that they had, it seemed like Mercedes didn't, they were never like happy really all year all year long, except for a few instances here and there, but they were able to be consistent and keep the car on the track and get points when they could. And were able to get P2 in the constructors, but it like, it didn't seem like it was really that kind of season all year. It just kind of all came together in the end. I don't know if it's how the media portrays Lewis, but 
it seems like Lewis is never happy unless he's leading. Right. You know, like I don't do they just pick out his negative messages or is he just all negative messages? Like I don't know. Uh, maybe there's a mix of the, of both of them ha- coming or happening, but it just always seems like Lewis is not happy unless he's winning and then if he's winning, he's, you know, thanking the team and 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 all this stuff. So it's tough to really know what's going on there. You know, George yeah. is a completely different character personality there's moments where he was upset of course but um yeah i mean they didn't have the greatest car of course but obviously the performance of the team would you say they overperformed net performance it's you know where where do you put them outperform the car yeah yeah i mean I would say so. I mean, I guess just from where they finished. I think the team yes. outperformed the car, like the drivers yeah. did, but the team just kind of, you know, kept plugging and, and being consistent. And, uh, you know, that's that, how they, they climbed up. They still have that base from like 2021, right? When they were winning races and knew exactly what to do. They haven't lost that. So the car has been somewhat worse. Yeah, in, the past in terms of years. how to actually manage a race. Yeah. But they know, yeah, from yeah strategy, making quick decisions, you know, acting on those decisions, working well as a team, they haven't lost that aspect of it. So that's where Ferrari fall down, uh, but Mercedes still have it. So, Yeah, and they, they had races where they were, you know, when you look at some teams had ups and downs, the downs on Mercedes don't, from just top of mind, don't seem to have been as low as maybe some of the others. Yeah. And they were always kind of there or thereabouts. Yeah. But they didn't really have any like crazy strong performances. Singapore was obviously a um, a high spot for them. If yeah. George had, you know, not stacked it, not stacked it. <laughs> Although Austin to be fair, was, yeah, Austin was yeah. pretty good too, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Lewis was super strong there. Uh, but they, it's always got, been close, but no cigar. And Lewis got got pole position in uh, Hungary. That was a That's big right. highlight for him as well. Um, but it's it's crazy you talk about like the the winning culture there because going back to the Braun documentary, there were so many of the guys in that documentary either work at Mercedes now or like James Vals who used to work at Mercedes. It was just like all these old Mercedes guys, and they've all been there for however many years it's been since Braun right. was there. Yeah, so. a long time. Yeah, a lot of experience. Yeah. yeah. George took a look, little bit of a step back this year uh, versus last year anyway, or, or maybe Lewis took a step forward. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I thought George was going to continue moving forward, to be honest. Um, yeah. I thought he would be at least fighting with Lewis consistently. Yeah. I mean, you remember Lewis. last year when, particularly at the start of the season, George was like third, fourth, fifth. Third, fourth, fifth, third, fourth, third, fourth, yeah. like like consistently there. You got like top five for the first like eleven races or something, like something like that. Yeah, and I, I know that, that. Well, they say that Lewis was try, you know trying to do all sorts of strange setup things to try and see help them figure out the car, but still, George was the guy who was putting in the results, um, and he got. And George obviously got the race win in in Brazil last year. So he was primed for the next step, but I don't know. It just didn't really work out for him this year. And uh, I think he could, you know, yeah, Mark, I think you're right. He just didn't quite do what we hoped he would do. Yeah. 
Still good. He is still, still great. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully better next year. Um, yeah, because like I say, with you know, we talked about the Ferrari pairing, you know, and even you know McLaren pairing as well. The you know Lewis Hamilton and George Russell is a really strong driver pairing. Yep. But I know they're excited to have a different car next year. Lewis was pretty open about that recently, talking about how he's ready to just throw this car in the trash and go to the next one. <laughs> and then that leaves us with just one team left, Red Bull Racing. Um, it's kind of like two teams. Yeah. <laughs> Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen. <laughs> yeah, it really was all year. I mean, Checo was able to get P2 and the Drivers' Championship, but he didn't clinch it. It was the second-to-last race, right? It was when he clinched P2. Right. Um, Max, I don't even remember when Max clinched it. It was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like uh, was it Japan? Like, I mean, what was that last year? I think that's right. No, Max I think that's right. Max would have won the, the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championship on his own. Like, he didn't even need Perez. Yeah. <laughs> Although if wow. Perez wasn't there and people finished in Perez's spot and you moved everyone up, oh, now he'd yeah. still, no, he was he still would have. I still I think he still would have. Yeah, <laughs> still would have. I don't know. It'd be a lot closer. But yeah, yeah. But yeah what a I season! Mean, Unbelievable. As much as we, none of us are really Red Bull fans, I mean, they did win twenty-one out of twenty-two races. You don't have won. to like them to respect them for what they've done, which has been exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whether think, they cheated to get there or not. Um. <laughs> I mean, Verstappen, once again, he was just winning from, from wherever. It didn't matter how he qualified. or I mean, he had a much more consistent qualification this year than he did last year when he was winning mm-hmm. from all over the place. This year, he was on pole a lot more. Um, but uh, I think the drive, the one drive I, I picked out was <clears throat> in Holland. He ended up, he was on pole, but then after it rained, he was down in like 13th. Yeah. But then he came all the way back to, to win and at one point was just cr- crushing everybody on the track. Uh, yeah, I think because yeah. Perez was the first car to, to pit. And when Max came out the pits, I think he was 14 seconds behind Perez. Right. And, but he within like eight laps, he was like right he was gone. Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. Uh, and we and we and we give Max a bit of a pass, right? We say, "Oh, people aren't really racing him. People get out of his way," you know, blah blah blah. But well, you know, these tires—if you if you race against Max, you destroy your own tires, and then you fall into the clutches of the people you're racing against. Yeah, you know, so we can kind of see their point, but it does—it does flatter it a little in terms of how he yeah. cuts through the field. But what's he doing? You know, he's he's keeping hit. the Red Bull is so easy on its tires, and the way he drives the car is so easy. He can do that, right? And he can put those fast back like qualifying lap after qualifying lap in uh, no i mean did he make a mistake this year what mistakes did Verstappen make he oh, i think man. he raced every single lap right he did yeah, yeah. I, I mean even the no, times he when he spun like it didn't even make a difference he was so right. far ahead he was able to just get back on the track and no dnfs don't what was it this was it this year when they told him not to go for the fastest lap but he did anyway yeah. <laughs> on this, i think it was the second race of the season or the third race of the season or something like that and yeah. they said we're not looking at that and he said well i am 
Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Leclerc did that and he came in to change tyres and they fudged it up and he ended up in seventh or something? You know I mean? That's just the difference between the two. I mean, yeah, that was, was that was last year, right? Was that? Yeah. And he, he came out behind someone. Came out behind Alonso or something. <laughs> oh man! But I mean, Max, Max, like he broke all the records and he did it didn't put a foot wrong you know you know you can call it luck you can call it preparation a combination of the two uh, you know unbelievable season probably it's how could anybody beat it there's only one you can only win one more race is he got to, somebody's got to go in and win all the sprint races qualify and pole every week get all the fastest laps what more could you do uh, well one record that he set that i didn't know this stat but uh, he led 1,003 1, laps this season, which yeah. ties McLaren's 1988 uh, <laughs> laps led with oh. Prost and Senna combined. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 88. Yeah. 88 like, the closest season where McLaren That's crazy. dominated. <laughs> but it was, lot. you know, two legend drivers, and yeah. he did it as one. <laughs> But so like, there were, there were 15 or 16 races that season, though. Yeah, yeah. fair point. But <laughs> true, true. Those two drivers were willing to take each other out as well. They'd rather the other guy didn't finish at all than, <laughs> yeah, than, right. than be, get beat by them. You know, Senna for sure <laughs> did that uh, versus Prost. But uh, yeah, I mean, Max didn't put a foot wrong. And I guess Checo, we thought at the beginning of the season, maybe he could be a challenger, but. Remember those days? Remember those days? (laughs) Remember when we thought he was going to challenge him this year? And in the end, maybe he's been lucky to hold on to his seat, but I guess he he, he pulled it back. Great race from Checo, I guess, in Mexico. I mean, he won won two races, obviously, early on in the season, but that Mexico race, I got in front of his home crowd, where he, uh, him and Alonso were fighting it out at the very end. I mean, he ended up getting beat by Alonso, right? But it was so tight. Uh, That was great. Yeah, that cra- that lap led stat is crazy, especially compared to Checo, who only led 146 laps on the whole season. It's just <laughs> and like he won two madness. races. <laughs> <laughs> madness. <laughs> 21 yeah. podiums for Max. 12 pole positions. I mean, Martin, like you said, you got to give it to him. As as hard as it is to give yeah. him the credit. You got to give it to him, and it's hard to it's hard to predict that we're not in for more next year, right? We're all hoping that we'll get something more competitive, but yeah, where's that going to come from? You know, there aren't many big, no big changes to the regulations, right? That somebody's going to exploit. So, is it going to be more of the same? I don't know. McLaren still talks about having some big upgrades, don't they? I feel like they're talking about some more package upgrades that could be. Yeah large steps ahead but yeah to imagine that they would do it again and take that next step to to battle red bull or to battle verstappen really um there yeah. was some there was some post season laps right in uh yeah that they did there's yeah, a crash a, wasn't there yeah russell crashed his car but yeah. what an alcon crashed i think what spec specs were they running there was it? yeah they don't even know they never they don't say they don't All know right, what tires right. they got they don't know what anything so what yeah right no news don't even let us watch it but i think that we'll just have to keep an eye on mercedes and ferrari who are both moving 
much more towards like the the quote unquote Red Bull philosophy right. next season. So, you know, if there's an opportunity to make gains, they're the two teams that, you know, obviously right. Aston and 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 McLaren. What's not to say that they continue to make gains, but Mercedes in particular, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. And then I guess we get into our, you know, favorite, I guess, moments of the season that we haven't spoken about. I mean, we spoke about it briefly. For me, obviously, it was Oscar winning the sprint race. That was super impressive from him in his rookie season. Just him in general, all season. I thought, you know, he still needs to figure out the race pace, but, you know, he's super quick. And uh, hopefully he can figure it out and bring us up into that battle. For the front yeah yeah i mean if you're going to make a bold pr- prediction for next year maybe Mc- McLa- uh, mclaren gets a race win i don't know where it's going to come from but i hope so you know austria maybe in front of the red bull because lando's always been good in austria right yeah. he's always yeah. performed well there so stick it i mean to they red were bull in front awesome of their home crown they did great in silverstone too right yeah that, that was my yeah. highlight of the season um lando taking the lead at the start yeah. Yeah, the, the noise that was great. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I can't. I just I can't imagine that the the Red Bull aren't going to have more problems next year. They're going to have more mechanical gremlins, more mistakes. Yeah. They can't have less. They can't have less. Literally, they've not had any. <laughs> yeah, so they got to have more. But I mean, uh, did Perez yeah. have any problems? I think he maybe did, but I can't nothing, think of one. No, nothing. He's had a couple massive. crashes. Yeah. But that car's been bulletproof all year. Yeah. And then, I mean, the highlight for me is definitely Singapore, obviously. Uh, the, the Ferrari win, the end of that race was just was just fantastic. Which, yeah. Same for you, Mark. Yeah, I, uh, I'll pick something different just for interest. Um, I, I think, like, the moment I remember just being so excited, it's, it's pretty fresh in my mind, was Alonso just doing what he did to Perez in Brazil. I just appreciated that race craft so much to watch that go down and how intelligent he was to, to just lap after lap, keep him behind and then lose it and then come back. Uh, I thought that that was some pretty awesome formula one racing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I go back to Alonso's pass on Hamilton at turn 10 in Bahrain. At the start of the season, that was that yeah. was a highlight for me as well. Yeah, and Vegas being a surprisingly good race after you know all the crap yeah. that went on before it, and and with that as well, you know, Charles racing against Verstappen, you know, right before the 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 first pit stops, did they do one stop too? I can't remember. Yeah, it, um, Charles did one, and the rest kind of did two. Right, that's how we got. Yeah. Um, taken out the end but um when Verstappen got past Charles and then towards the end of the stint Charles came back and overtook Verstappen at that yeah. point I was thinking this could get spicy this could be this might not just be a Max Verstappen easy victory um obviously Verstappen did win but <laughs> at that point in the race an inner Ferrari fan came out for a little while there yeah <laughs> Just yeah, like that race has a lot to live up to next year. Yeah. 
yeah. it does. Now it's probably going to be terrible from now on forever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can let that let that Ferrari fan out a bit more often, Nick. You can let him out. <laughs> see how it feels. Put that coat on. See how it feels. <laughs> we were all tight. Ferrari fans at Singapore. <laughs> we were. Yeah, uh, maybe we uh, maybe we were kind of Mercedes and McLaren fans because we. Were, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I I love Carlos though. I, I think Carlos is great. You know, I watched his dad rally driving against Colin McRae and Tommy Mackinnon in the nineties, you know? Um, So always a big fan of his and uh, so great to see him get another win. Anything else you guys want to add? We didn't, I mean, nothing, isn't, this isn't a big point, but we didn't mention uh, track limits. That seemed to be an issue in a lot of tracks this year, right? Yeah, that's true. But it's incredibly boring. Yeah, it's, it's not that exciting. But it just seems to happen over and over again, right? At some of these races, with the I'm a game. fan. I love it. You I love track limits. You love a good. I, you love a good track limit. I do. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm that guy. I, I absolutely love that they have put that hard and fast rule. I wish everything about Formula One was clear, crystal. <laughs> make the rules so that it's no question. You know, I think that makes it more engaging for the fans to watch the sport. You know, it's tough to watch a sport when you don't know the rules or, or, you know, or you expect the rules to be something like, okay, there's white lines, but they're all going off of it. Um, So I'm a big fan of that rule. Yeah. uh, Well, we don't need another race where they, have 49 deleted laps in qualifying or whatever it was in in Austria. They should, the, the, the stewards should just have a button that takes power out of the car for five seconds on a straight. <laughs> like the electric go-karts? Yeah. It's like, oh, track limits. Hit the button. It's like, power, come on. It's like, no, you went off the track. You got better than a five-second penalty, right? You know? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just making stuff I mean, up now. I think the penalty either needs to be bigger or, like, you know, they say it all the time, and it's true. If there was walls there, we wouldn't have an issue. Nobody would be crashing. They would just stay away. Right. And they'd be inch perfect still, seeing all these crazy moments, how close they get to the wall. So it's like, I'm sorry. I don't care what track it is when they were talking about, what, what was the worst one? Where they Austria. were like, oh, Austria. Yeah, and the FI or F1 president says we need to do something or rethink these tracks. I'm sorry. I don't agree. You know, it's the drivers, 100%. They choose to do it because it's faster. And they're willing to take the risk. If there was a wall there or sand there, they're not doing it. Yeah. But, you know, it's getting great topic, Martin. (laughs) VAR. VAR. I've been waiting all night for that one. (laughs) There's like a pinky, a pinky offsides, and they go to VAR and they decide that it's offsides, you know? Right. Just don't want to get that far. What is wrong with these people? Thanks for listening to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Formula One season. We appreciate all of the listeners this year, and we look forward to coming to you next year for the 2024 F1 season. Thanks again.